My name is Shuk, and today we're going to be talking right, right back into Arsenal versus Leeds. We have a huge game coming up tomorrow, and uh, joined today, I am joined by none other than Ladies Nomics. and gentlemen, it's match day. And, or you can call him FFG, I struggle with it, personally. Whether or not I'm happy to be here rests entirely on the back of William Saliba. Yeah, so his back has been carrying us all season. Um, I mean, that's where my mind is. We can just we can just start with that. I mean, obviously we know Holding can do a job against Leeds. Well, it wasn't so obvious. A lot of people didn't even think he could do that, uh, like a couple weeks ago when he, he had to play against Palace. Liverpool is a completely different beast, and we don't have Tommy Yasu there to support him. Like, if we wanted to switch out Tommy Asa to Sinchenko. So, in terms of leads, I mean, we have holding. He should be able to do a job, right? Yeah, Alex? I mean, against leads, yeah, he should. Uh, I think their best attacker is the guy, I can't pronounce his name, who apparently plays for Italy. He's out. Um, and FFG will correct me later on. But, yeah, I, I think for this specific matchup, holding is fine. If we have to go into uh, Anfield with holding at center back, we might have an issue there. But I am still of the mindset that um, the, the the quotes from Arteta is more just uh, keeping his cards close, and I'm pretty confident Saliba will be back by Anfield away. FFG, buddy? Yeah, in reacting to this over the last couple of days, obviously my initial reaction was complete hysteria. Um, but I think we kind of got a weird dose of information on this. I think normally we would just hear uh, the player is a back injury. We saw that. The player is resting through it and is expected to play. He might miss the Liverpool game, but he's expected to return. He's expected to play. It's all good. But because we got this weird, like, uh, football tickets leaks, whatever it was, leaked lineups reveal on this, that the first scan said surgery, shut it down, the second scan a little better than that, I think we're all a little more on edge than if we just knew Saliba had a back injury and was going to be out for a couple more weeks. When really, if we heard that, it would probably be the exact same situation where they're quote-unquote managing him and giving him injections and things like that. So I think I've calmed down. Sorry, is, is the surgery, has it happened yet? And we just There's no, sur- no, he, he has not had surgery. He might in the off-season, he might not. I don't think we know anything of that, but he has yeah, not had very, surgery. It's very cloudy out there. And, you know, the last time we played Leeds, we probably should have lost or drawn that game. It was very, probably one of our toughest games of the year that we didn't lose or draw. They gave us a really tough time. They don't do the man marking anymore, I don't think. I think they have new management now, and it's a little bit more proper, uh, you know, some type of block. So I'm hoping that the rest of the team, I, I, I guess we also should talk a little bit about, unless, unless Nomics, you want to touch more about, about Saliba. We also have a gun, a Ghanaian. Uh, we might have Jorginho in the lineup. I, I don't know what the deal is with that. I, I don't, I'm not caught up on my ITKs as much as Nomics. Nomics in his house. One time he showed me, he has a full list of all Twitter ITKs that he. It's actually a string map play. like those uh, serial killer hunters what they have in their house when they're trying to find out who where's the next crime to be committed. But going on Saliba, 
I think it's important to also remember that Arsenal seems to be pretty light, pretty heavy on the trigger when it comes to surgeries. It seems like they really don't hesitate. We saw that with Gabriel Jesus. We saw that with Emil Smith-Rowe. We saw that uh, many instances the last, I think, year, year and a half, where if the club feels like surgery is the way to go to long-term, um, long-term recovery of a player, they go that route, right? And so when it comes to Saliba, I've, I've never felt like, even when I heard the news of surgery, that it was it was that deep. Just because he play, he got hurt allegedly in the Fulham game, and then he was good enough to at least start in the in the Europa League game. So this must be just like an injury that is uncomfortable and one that we really don't want to push too much. But if we if if the title was on the line, the last game of the season, and Saliba was even fifty percent, and you can inject him with some painkillers, he's playing that game, right? He's not he's not gonna. He's not going to back down. That just shows, and Arteta wouldn't risk him if it was something that could seriously impact his career. So I'm not too concerned on that front. Um, as for the midfield, Thomas Party is going to be an interesting one because he's was seen in the weight room, I believe, in the training photos, but not seen in the on the pitch. I could be wrong. I could be missing the latest uh, uh, transfer pitch uh, photos, but I think he'll start. Um, I think it will be the the normal lineup minus uh, Saliba and then holding going in for Saliba. I think Jesus might start actually. Uh, Arteta had some good quotes on him being almost hundred percent back. So uh, we'll see what happens, but yeah, I'm not too worried about party missing tomorrow. Yeah. All the, all the recent reporting, I think says party plays even tomorrow, let alone for the Liverpool game. Now, of course, he asked me, is party playing right back with Ben White sliding in to right center back? But no, that's a later segment. I think he did kind of hit it on the head, Nomics, when it comes to the surgical assessment from Arsenal. Obviously, back surgery is a different beast than groin surgery, or I think most anywhere else surgery. I am not a medical expert. I just play one on a podcast. But a medical expert who we can all agree on, uh, his credentials, his merit, his doctordom, is Dr. Raj, of course, who is a DPT, um, which is a doctorate just not a medical doctor. He's a doctor of physical therapy. He is an icon in the Arsenal internet. He is universally beloved by Arsenal supporters. Um, I see Namek shaking his head in pure joy as if he says, no, no, I can't believe how much I love Dr. Raj. And he says that everybody, near everybody, is managing an injury at this point in a grueling professional sports season. You look at LeBron James in the NBA, for instance, he's sitting for a few, but he's not out for the year. You look at all of these guys, they get banged up over the course of the year, and they're all going to have to take a rest at some point. Some of them miss time, some of them get scheduled time on the bench, some of them just tough through it. But it really does seem like maybe this is a little bit more wear and tear, soreness, pain, discomfort for Saliba and not like a broken back we, that we people to, are worried about. We, I know, we have to remember real quick, though, that uh, FFG gave him this beautiful Dr. Raj um, insight because he pays the nineteen ninety nine per week that Dr. Raj charges. No, I'm in the ninety nine ninety. I'm giving a hundred bucks a week to the Doctor Oz Patreon. Where actually, you get yeah. not only his personal Discord, but you get his personal cell phone number and a dinner with his wife. So thank you FFG for uh, our spot and our sponsors for funding FFG's um, payment to the Doctor Raj account. You guys are, I think, some people are too hard on Doctor Raj. There's nothing wrong with 
if I was a doctor, taking the Arsenal Arteta update, reading it back word for word, making a YouTube channel out of that. I mean, it's genius, if you ask me. And it requires very little effort. I, and I think he's just trying to get a job at Arsenal. And I think any of us would do the same if we were physio doctors. It's just he actually has the balls to do that. And I think um, and I think he's probably the... probably. I, get I am also a doctor. Just letting you guys anyway. know, just get that on the record. I am also a doctor the same level as um, as Dr. Nons. I mean, Dr. Rush, sorry. Um, you're a doctor of doctoring your doctorship, I'll be honest with you. Um, but if we move on a little bit, um, we could talk about, um, the rest of the team coming back. I know that we saw KT get a little bit of, uh, limping in, in, in the Spain game. I know Odegaard took a big challenge against the same, both of them actually got hurt by the same person. So I'm hoping that we have no more... Uh, injuries. He says that everybody's rocking an injury. I'm rocking four, and I didn't play any games. So I do have to agree with that. Moving on, though, I want to I want to ask you both um, for the game tomorrow. Do you think that we go in? It's a, a happy time, you know, three nothing game. No, no squeaky bum time. Or is this going to be a little bit of more of a sticky one? I really want to get your thoughts on that. Uh, um, I, I I think we're going to smash them tomorrow, and I'm not because leads aren't good or anything like that. I just I feel like this current group that we have is so so focused on this league title, right? And that they, they've shown that when you even give them an inch, they're going to take it and they're going to make the most of it, right? So we've seen what they they did against Everton. They saw we saw what we did against Palace. We saw what they did against Fulham. Like, this is generally the same level of point we're playing tomorrow, maybe a little bit lower, but they're, they're not the Arsenal that's going to take these uh, lower teams for granted, right? They're going to they're gonna want to get that goal differential up just in case. So I, I think it's going to be a, um, a situation where we score early again. I know I've been, I've been saying in the pod uh, recently the pregame or predictions that we're going to score early. I, that's still my prediction for tomorrow. I will touch on that later, but yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it's gonna be squeaky bun time. I was actually at the Leeds Arsenal home match last year around this time, where we scored early and then we were we were kind of under the cosh for a bit. We end up with a one nil win. I, I don't see it going that way. I think once we score the first, we'll keep scoring. Um, there, I think their center back, starting center back, is out. If I'm not mistaken, uh, so we have some things going well for us. We're we're coming back into form and in into health and leads are kind of on the other way out ffg yeah they're definitely all kinds of banged up over there in leads i think we've all kind of come to the realization this season that the six is the real spine of most modern football systems and tyler adams beloved american is of course done believed to be done for the year over at Leeds. so that's a big gap in the middle of the park for them as well as additional injuries in attack and defense. Now, they are still dangerous. They do still have two American players, Brendan Aronson and Weston McKenney. Arsenal just have Matt Turner, although Bukayo Soccer is, of course, an honorary American as well. So that's how we've done so well this Rob year, except for the Leeds honorary. game when we ran into another two-American game. Uh, we, we attempted to draft Rob Holding to the U.S. in our last pod, but Navik's got too interested in, in Holding's girlfriend, so that did not happen. 
to be a little more serious, just 1% more serious, uh, this is a Leeds team with a lot to play for. Uh, they kind of all are at this point. I think everyone bar Aston Villa either believes they're in a, t- in a uh, European race or in a relegation battle currently. Uh, Chelsea probably aren't in either, but they're delusional over there, so uh, they think they're battling for Europe. So everyone's got something to play for, and Leeds are nothing but that. Uh, there's plenty of danger on this team, even without uh, Noto. I think it's the name of their Italian forward, but Namik's really put me on the spot, claiming that I could pronounce that. Uh, they've got Rodrigo scoring goals, doing a bit of the Rafinha thing. Aronson's been slumping big time, but he is an attack dog who presses like crazy and could certainly pounce on any Rob Holding mistakes if he is getting the start. Uh, Jack Harrison, beloved MLS product. They, they have forwards you've heard of, and this is a team that's been successful before and is battling to stay up. So there is danger there, but come on. We're supposed to be trying to win the league. We uh, can't be having serious matchups with Leeds United at this point in the season. They lost their Ted Lasso, too. So I don't know a whole lot about their latest coach, and I don't watch too many Leeds games anymore. Um, I actually liked them when they were under Bielsa. I really liked his squatting crouch, and I think that messed up Arteta a few times. Arteta didn't like when he was squatting like that, and I think that got in Arteta's head. But I know, Nomics, you watch Leeds every other week, right? They are one of my season pass teams, uh, along with, well, it was Palace also was on season pass, but they're not they're not anymore. Um, I watch Leeds actually quite a lot because I'm kind of, I think we are, me and FFG are both forced to because for some reason they always get the national televised game in the U.S. for NBC Sports. Um, There's so much potential in that squad. Like, they can play exciting football. They have talent, but they just don't. I don't know what it is. It's, I don't know if they start from the West Ham syndrome where it's it's purely the manager or if or we're just overrating their players. But they're, they're good. they're good side. Um, I'd love to see him with an attacking manager. Um, I, I, th- I thought Marsh did a fine job, and I wish he stayed longer. I just think perhaps they needed a couple more defenders. Uh, but we have to worry about them because they're no, they're no scrubs. They're not scrubs, right? Their issue is mostly in the spine of their team. So they're six now missing, and they're also their center back missing. So uh, I, the good thing is that that's what we exploit the most with those short passes, especially if Trossard starts or even Jesus starting again. If he can get back into form, finding those gaps, um, it could be a, it could be a long day for Leeds. But again, I don't think it's because they're a crap team. I just think it's because they're, we're kind of catching them at a good time. Um, if they stay up, which I think they will stay up, I think next year will be a good year for Leeds. Yeah, I, I do agree with you, kind of with the broad sense of that, Nomics. This is a better matchup for Arsenal than some of the bottom-of-the-table teams. We think with Jesus healthy and with the Trissard instead of anything, we don't have a low-block problem, and we certainly don't have a low-block crisis. But a big, bulky center-back line and a team sitting deep, heading away crosses, and just playing the low-block will always be a challenge for every attacking football side, and Leeds United is not that. They are... The other thing, right? Uh, it's like that that one meme. They are neither attacking football nor a low block, but a, another secret third thing that is Leeds United, they try, they try and, and I think we can exploit. They try that. to play. They they want to play. They don't. Do they have the facilities to play a possession style? And um, they don't. But there's there's glimpses that that they can. Uh, I think it was against United away. They played well for majority of that game, but then they conceded, and then all went to shit. Uh, so it's, it, they can play football, but you just can't let them get comfortable. You got, if you put the full press on them, I, that's when they're, they're screwed. 
And I think that's that's our, our bread and butter, so I'm not too concerned about tomorrow. But again, it's not because they're crap. I'm not saying they're crap. They're just a, It's a good matchup for us. They're classic. They're mid-table side. It's just the fact is the bottom six or seven are three points separated, so it's a little bit of an unusual season. They p- faced United a month ago back-to-back games, which is also kind of weird. Where yeah, one of them was a two-two, and one of them was a was a was a zero-two. But that kind of we we touched a little bit about the forward line of Arsenal. Do we do we know if this is a game for Jesus to start, or uh, I think if if there is a game for him to start, it could be this one. Yeah, um, I I think if going into Anfield, yeah. you kind of want to try to put Jesus back into the starting eleven because. Just we all assume that going into Anfield, Jesus will start at Anfield. So um, I think pl- starting him against Leeds, Trossard will completely understand. I don't think Trossard's gonna be like, "Why am I? Why am I not starting?" No, I think he'll understand. I think if he starts, he'll play sixty minutes, sixty-five minutes. Trossard will come in and he'll Trossard do the Trossard things, uh, or he'll go in for Martinelli. You know, we'll see how the we'll see how Trossard and Jesus play together, which could be very interesting. Uh, but yeah, I think tomorrow you have to start Jesus if you plan on starting him at Anfield. I'm of two minds in this one. This is really the first time Arteta's had to choose between Trissard and Jesus. Jesus should be closer to fully fit. Trissard scored a hat-trick at Anfield earlier this year for Brighton. I mean, Trissard terrorizes Liverpool. But maybe that makes him a tempting bench option, kind of a break glass in case of emergency guy. And then you bring on uh, Brighton Trissard. You bring on Bengals from outside the box Trissard, not link play and pretend to be Gabby Jesus Trissard. I've seen a few people, and by a few people, I mean one guy in the AVP Discord suggesting maybe this is a rest Saka game because you have access to all three of the other forwards. Uh, I think I called that preposterous, stupendous. I, I didn't link the Stephen A. Smith meme, but I thought it. I certainly would not rest Bukayo Saka. But, again, it's the first chance we've seen where Arteta has all four of these kind of legitimate Arsenal-quality forward options, four players, three slots, he hasn't had to make that choice yet so far this season, not a single time. So something to pay attention to. I want to throw you guys a little question. We got some fan mail here from someone named not Shukchenko sent a message. And it's a, it's a very simple message. Do we think Saka from 2021 or 21, 2022, or even Saka from 1920, like gets into this team or, is it only recently Saka would now get in this team now that we have Jesus and Trussard and all these people? Because Saka has gotten better with the rest of the team. Obviously, the whole team has improved with Arteta, but two years ago, was Saka elite enough to start every game? Well, yeah. We don't have a right winger, Shuk, so we don't really have an option. Pepe was in the news recently saying, oh, the manager makes the choices. Manager thinks that... Pepe's trying to like squeak back I mean, in here, folks. I, I, I think that I think uh, Pepe was just stating facts. Yeah. Manager makes the decisions, right? I don't think he was he was trying to say he's better than soccer or anything, or he deserved to play over soccer. He just said manager makes decisions, and he felt like he could help. Which I don't know how someone I don't know how someone can be upset yeah. at those statements, right? Like he he I'd be more concerned if he was saying, yeah, I don't I didn't want to play anyway, or I or yeah, I didn't deserve to play. Just yeah, the manager makes decisions, and he obviously as a player with that dog mentality, always felt like he could contribute. Whether that's true or not, that's up for debate. But um, you can't blame a player for doing it. As for your Saka question, I think what's there's a lot of things that Saka has developed. Pretty much his whole game has developed over the last couple of years. 
But one thing in particular is his finishing. He is a deadly finisher now. It's crazy, right? Right foot, left foot, top corner, lashing at the ball, finessing the ball from distance, from five yards out. That's something we didn't see at Zaka in the beginning. That's that's. I remember when he was 18 years old, 19 years old, and we were we were all we all saw what Sako was gonna, could be. We all saw the potential of this boy. But you see other fan base saying he's not getting enough goals and assists. He's not contri- he's not getting enough goal contributions. Blah 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 blah. It's about an 18, 19 year old. Now he's doing it. Everything else was already there. He always tracked back. He was always a good defender. He was always a good cross. He was always good at one v ones. Right. He was always good at cutting inside and getting the ball and making those quick moves. So. He would start if it was if it was Saka from two years ago. He would still start on the side because he was still Saka minus pretty much the finishing. Yeah, but you didn't have Jesus. We haven't played either of them at right wing. So we we don't know what they are at right wing, right? He, that's true. Does Jesus like likes the right wing. Jesus traditionally does like so playing. We don't, know, we don't know if he if he would play the way Arteta wants him to play. And we all suspect he would, but I'm just saying we don't know that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, another point I want to bring up is there's still the media. I still see articles, even in like Canadian media, that's like, when will Arsenal crumble? Is this the game for Arsenal to crumble? There's still this expectation that we're not actually good, that we're kind of like fluking, fluking it. And um, I mean, maybe it's not even worth bringing up, but I, I just, I just, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know what it'll take. Maybe we have to go in and, and, and win the next. 10 games. There's also the 7.30 a.m. game, um, which is very exciting. 4.30 a.m. for those of us in non-plastic time zones. So the game I'm referring to, of course, is Watford versus Luton Town. There's a Canadian star there, Ismail. No, I'm kidding. So we're going to be looking at City versus Liverpool. So FFG, you're not waking up for that one, buddy? Maybe you'll stay up for it. Isn't it like seven hours away? Hey, maybe maybe I'm waking up for that. 4.30 a.m. kickoff for a non-Arsenal game is a difficult, difficult proposition. Game, I wake up at 4.30 and City win that game 3 nothing comfortably. And it doesn't really matter what Arsenal do at 7.30. My day is pretty well ruined. Uh, we'll see. If that's an Arsenal game, you bet your ass I'm up at 4.30. I've done that many a times. I have never woken up for a 4.30 a.m. non-Arsenal kickoff. And I'm not guessing it, that'll me, be the first one. For 6.30 a.m. kickoff and for these type of non-Arsenal matches, there are games where I actually wake up at 6.28 and I put it on my TV in bed and I'll fall, I'll doze back to sleep while listening to the game and then I'll hopefully wake up at like 7.30 and I see the score is one nothing team that I wanted to win-win. So it's it's one of those where, you know, it'll be the background noise for me. Maybe if it's exciting and, I, and Liverpool score an early goal, I'll prop myself up and I'll be up at 6.30 in the morning. But yeah, I I don't see myself investing too much, and I'm pretty confident. Second half, I'm pretty confident that that uh, City are going to drop points tomorrow. I'm, I, I'm like sixty five, seven percent confident that they're going to drop points tomorrow. I have I have two games, not kind of the Arsenal game, two games that I I see City dropping points. It's this game and it's the game against Brighton. I see them dropping those points in those the two matches. Whether it's a loss or a draw, I don't know. Um, I just I I don't the City side knocking on wood. The City side isn't. The city sign of years past. I mean, they've lo- they haven't won more than three games in a row in the league all season, and we expect them to go out and win eleven games in a row like that. That's a, that's a huge and eleven, uh, not kind of three. So technically fourteen games in a row if you count the three they already won in a row. That's just is it possible? Yes, it's possible. Is it possible with this city side? I don't think it is. They're fixture congestion. They're focusing on Champions League. We all know that. Um, 
their squad is not as deep as it was in previous years. Uh, without Highland, I think Highland's not out that long, but I'm saying hypothetically without Highland, they're going to have to play a different way than they usually play. They have to play the way they played in years past, which might benefit them. Who knows? But in, in general, I'm I'm not. People are freaking out like it's an, it's inevitable that Man City is going to win the remaining eleven games in the league in a row. But it just it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. And going back to your bottling point, I don't care if if the media is is doubting Arsenal, right? Because let them doubt. Because if we do fail, which I don't think we're going to, I think we're going to win the league. I think we're going to win by more like a decent amount. Um, then we can say, hey, listen, you guys doubted us from the beginning, so we didn't bottle lead because you you knew that we were gonna we were gonna lose, right? Uh, I, I'm I'm very confident. I think I think three weeks from now, it's gonna be it's gonna determine where in the league or, or where we finish in the league. If we blew the eight point lead by three weeks from now, then we're fucked. But I think in three weeks, if we still have an eight point lead or even a five point lead, I think we are fine. FFG, I'd like you to. Think about what Nomic said and either attack it. This is a new segment we're doing. So it's called Attack Nomics, Deflect Nomics, so you're indifferent to what Nomic said, or you completely agree with Nomics. So this is the Nomics FFG segment. Yeah, so I'm going to use a debating technique uh, mastered by some masterful debaters who I do not want to signal boost because they're all horrific people. And I'm going to take one small slice of what Nomic said, pretend that was his main point, and viciously attack it. Without Holland, City would have to play like they used to. They can't play like they used to. KDB is quietly age-curving away. He is having a great end-product-filled season, certainly. He provides assists, big chances, mostly for Holland. No one else does on that team, but KDB can feed Holland. He's not prime KDB anymore. That player is not walking through that door. Gundo's checked out and also maybe age-curving. Silva's checked out and seemingly not age-curving. Bernardo Silva might be elite until he's like 40 years old. I'm very open to that. That man has been tiny and unathletic his entire life. He can age gracefully. And you look up and down the wings of that team, there's nothing there. Sterling's gone. Jesus is gone. That, That was the big game lineup last year for them, was Sterling and Jesus on the wings. They're both gone. They have no fullbacks. Kyle Walker is age curving. Uh, they sent Zinchenko and then Cancelo away and back-to-back wingos. Rico Lewis is a child. He's playing four center backs because those are the only defenders Pep has access to. Uh, I see Nomics in the chat flagging Ederson. I think Ederson actually is just as good as he always is. I just think Allison has always been like orders of magnitude better than him. Um, I think Allison has been the best goalkeeper in the world. It's not been close, and I think it's been that way for years with, with Courtois as the only close competitor. Julian Alvarez is the one new option they've got up top there. He's the one additional forward they can bring in. Uh, Phil Foden, by the way, probably out with his uh, appendicitis. Uh, They've got Alvarez. He's a special player. He's a hell of a prospect. And I think if you were dropping him in between Sterling and Jesus, supported by the City midfield and City fullbacks of years past, then yeah, they could do a number. But this is not the Centurion City. This is not that team. The players aren't as good. The players aren't there. And I don't think they can get by without Holland or with Holland at something less think, than 100%. Uh, this is going to be a hot take. I think the City side reminds me a lot of last year's Liverpool side. I think we see them on the downslope. I don't think people are ready to accept that they're on the downslope because we imagine them with bags of money, which they have bags of money. They have the best manager in the world, like objectively. 
and they have a striker scoring absurd amount of goals, right? Uh, but you watch them, you see their underlying numbers, and they just don't feel the same. They might be getting the results still. Don't get me wrong. They're getting a good, good amount of results. But again, they haven't won more than three games in the league in a row all season, which is crazy. Like, I, don't, I think we're under, maybe not we, but the media is not really speaking about that. That's very, that's a huge point. That's a huge point. They haven't shown they can stay focused for longer than three game spells, right? And before they, they're drawing, uh, whether it's a Leeds or someone even along those lines, right? They're not, they're not having three games in a row and then losing to like, to like Newcastle or drawing to like United. It, it's, it's mid-table teams are dropping points too. So I, I, I'm a hunter and with you, FFG. Yep. This lineup, they don't stink. They're at the very tail end of their peak. Although they're at their peak, they're at the tail end of it. They're at the tail end of their, maybe prime is a better word, tail end of their prime, and there's a cliff coming. Um, and City should be concerned if they can't spend that much money moving in the future because you spend so much money on Calvin Phillips. Is he really going to be the heir to that midfield? The way he's playing right now, the way he's looked right now? you got to be a little bit... He is very handsome. He does yes, still look Calvin very Phillips, handsome, Calvin he also Phillips. Is a, he's, he's a chubby boy. He's a chubby boy. I don't know if he's up to play the pep system. Uh, but I, I do love Calvin Phillips, so I can't really speak yeah. too much. But, yeah, City, uh, to use a, the quote that a famous um, uh, fraud coach said, they are who we thought they were. I think I think you look at their results, and they are who we thought they were. We, we are who their results say they are, which is a very, very good team, but not a team that they were in years past. Just want to touch on the last point. So some people are saying uh, Cancelo will be traded for Davies from Bayern. So that might be something to watch out for. But I think we're not seeing a lot of the media talk about, you know, City has not won four games in a row or whatever because they have no fans. But they love riling us up because we're, like, just behind United for, like, global fans in in, um, in the Premier League worldwide. So they're going to rile us up. But who are they going to rile up for City? Doug42 on Reddit is going to scream. Like they, the Gallagher brothers. Yeah, so I still think it's probably United next year might overtake them. It's, it's I think that's I fair don't know. to say. I think United are frauds. Um, that's just my take. Of... I, something very fraudy about that team. Same same amount of points as Emery's Arsenal the first year at this point. Listen, they're very they're very fraudy, and I think I, I, United are in some serious issues too, but that's a whole different topic we touch on another day. Mm. Yeah, we can do a whole podcast one day on like the other big five and, and where we see them going, or maybe big. We're not going to count one club. Um, so honestly, we've we've touched on we've kind of touched on a predicted lineup. The score tomorrow, Nomics is, is putting all his fish in his milk. That's a saying in Canada, and he's saying that um, you know a draw or maybe even a loss okay. at the, yeah. for for City. I'm not saying a draw or loss for us. Uh, so I think. It's, honestly, I think it's no, going to be one nil no, yeah. Liverpool. No. I have a, I have a, I have a feeling in my gut. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be an early Darwin Nunez goal or a very late Darwin Nunez goal. But he he's scary if he can get his techers up a little bit because he's a good player. I know we've been we've been rashed on for quite a long time, but he has all the attributes to be a fantastic player, um, and he's really gelling into that side. Maybe Cody Gakpo will do us a favor and he'll get that goal, but. Um, I, I see one nil. I honestly see one nil for Liverpool tomorrow. I'm gonna say a goal the 78th minute by by um by Nunez uh to and and uh, Liverpool holds on for the one nil win. 
FFG. Yeah, so some people have been mocking Darwin Nunez. I was in the trenches defending Darwin Nunez. Me and friend of the pod, Parsa, were uh, in the Darwin Nunez battles fighting for the side of Darwin. Uh, I think Liverpool in this one, 5-2. Darwin Nunez hat-trick. Darwin Nunez assists Mo Salah. And just to rub salt in the wound, Darwin Nunez assists Cody Gakpo, a.k.a. Cody mid-poop, um, because he is both mid and poop. I honestly don't know if you guys realize, realize this, but the last few Liverpool City games have usually been 2-2, and that's the score that Shuk is going for. They're both, they love to score, maybe not as much as previous years, but I'm, I'm seeing a 2-2, very exciting, Nomics dozing off in bed. Shuk, I, I have a question with for every you. Goal game. You and FFG, if Haaland doesn't play, yes, what, do you think the, what do you think the result's going to be? Uh, 2-1 Liverpool if Holland doesn't play, but I still think that it's my honest opinion that when they are playing with Holland, they are kind of like one-dimensional, one-dimensional, put crosses in, put crosses in. We have a little bit, if you look at the way they used to play last year, and this is not me echoing a famous podcaster, it's actually me analyzing his thoughts, um, they did have a little bit more surprise. Right now, if you if you just mark Holland out of the game, which is of course easier said than done, only great Saliba can do that. Um, they they don't have as much. They might be more unpredictable. Part of me thinks they'll be more unpredictable if Haaland doesn't play. Liverpool might not know like what to do as much, and that's my that's my little take. I'm I'm gonna stick with my two two. FFG five one without Holland. Julian Alvarez scores for the narrative. Five two with Holland. Holland and Alvarez both score one for the narrative. Uh, Nomix, do you have like any indifference to what I said? Like, do you do you, do you, do you like like uh, do you see how maybe they might play better with much Holland, like me seeking my approval from my father? I see you're seeking my your approval from or my approval for you. Um, I think you're not wrong. Uh, they, but I, I don't know. They're such a weird team this year. Um, that striker position is kind of strange. Like everyone else around them wants to play different way than what the strikers playing at with Holland. Then Alvarez comes in. Alvarez is like, it's a very talented player. I don't know if Alvarez can play the way that Haaland can play or the way that um, Aguero used to play in the past. So I, I, I think I, I think I know what you mean by they're a little bit more um, they're a little more unpredictable without uh, they're a little bit more unpredictable without Haaland. But I don't know. We haven't seen that for Julian Alvarez. I, I think uh, there was rumors that he wasn't happy at City and he wanted to leave. I don't know how how, how real that is, but he has he has a very nice looking English tutor, so I don't see him going anywhere anytime soon. Right. And FFG, I, I don't know if you have anything to add to that, but I'd want to throw out one more piece of information to you. Should Arteta put on an embargo and have the players not know the score of the City game, it shouldn't make a difference. You should play your hardest either way. Do you think there's some psychology there? Um, or do you think Arteta will tell them the score? Because I know Arteta doesn't like cell phones in the dressing room. So, so I was Googling Julian Alvarez English tutor, as I assume all of our listeners were, um, because Nomics just knows how to, how to get a call to action going. I think there's zero chance Arteta stops the, the team from knowing what the result is. It's the information age. Uh, he might even rope that into his pregame talk. He'll take his phone out. And say it's the, inspir- the information age, guys. We all know everything. Uh, and I think after that, maybe everyone in the locker room will Google Julian Alves English tutor, and, and they'll be ready to go. They'll get fired up and ready to play a, a hell of a game of football. 
I just realized he's a splitting image of Nomics. We, we're not going to say what Nomics looks like. But no, no. Like... Julian Alvarez looks like Michael Reeves, the, the tech YouTuber. Okay, maybe a little bit. Um, but I, I see Nomics in his face. I don't know. Uh, we're, we didn't do the score predictions for the Leeds game because we're just thinking comfortable 3 Um I think 3 nothing's actually a good shout. Uh, and going back to my, if you want to know my doppelganger, I think I've said this before, it's... Um... It's Thibaut Courtois when I have no facial hair. People say I look like him with my short hair. So, yeah, it would be him. But, yeah, I think 3-0. I think we scored an early goal. I honestly think – I don't want to reverse jinx this or whatever, but I think it's going to be – I think it might be a bat, like a slaughter. I honestly do. Um, it, it just seems like we're playing each other at the right time for us. Uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know how much an international break helps a team without a manager because right there still have a caretaker manager, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so it, it's – it's it's very interesting to see what's how they play tomorrow. Uh, I I just think this our squad is so focused. I think this is the, I've never seen us so focused in my life, uh, in my Arsenal life. It just seems like everyone's on the same page. We're focused, but also not stressed. We're not worried, but we're also absolutely know what we we have to do. Um, so yeah, I say I say three nil asterisk because that also could mean five or six nil. Go for the four nothing. I think we're protecting. The, I think we've become very invested as a club and as a fan base and as a narrative driving podcast in the uh, quietly going on Aaron Ramsdale Golden Gloves pursuit. He does lead the league in clean sheets. I think we might get him a clean sheet. So give me four nothing. Rob holding masterclass uh, goals by you know all the usual suspects, and by that I mean Granite Xhaka, perfect hat trick, left foot, right foot header. Uh, Gordy Howe hat trick. He he gets an assist and fights a guy. Also, um, that's that's the ultimate Granite Jacka hat trick. Uh, I do think it's a pretty comfortable one. And if I look like someone in global football, I think I do kind of look like if you took Matt Turner and squished him down. Um, I do have that Lithuanian Jewish heritage that he has as well. So absolutely. Um, but I do have one gripe I have with Leeds. Um, their name, their leads is the name, right? But who are they leading? Are they leading anybody? They're in 14th place. Are they leading Are they leading last year's team? Are they leading the Division 3 in the League 1? Like, what are they doing? Why are they called leads? It makes no sense. And it, it really makes me... I lose sleep at night. I, 